Hey, Husky fans. This is Trevor Mueller with Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Kayla Olin and Good Jake again, Grant. We are mixing it up. We got fourth and inches. We got dog thoughts. Um, we're here to do some picks, and we're going to talk about, finally, games. Before we even get to some picks, Kayla, how do you feel about finally having football to talk about on the West Coast? I absolutely am so excited. It's something that always has been talked about since they announced they were officially coming back. It's been nice being a fan and kind of cheering for and against teams and not having any strict outcome with the Huskies. But being able to officially say, this is what's happening, this is our quarterback, this is what our season is going to be, has been so rejuvenating and therapeutic almost. As weird to say, because we're the heart attack Huskies, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking about watching these other games. It's like, yeah, this is nice not having a, a vested interest more than just, oh, I hope, you know, Mike Leach loses. Um, there's really, I get bored with games that I don't, necessarily care about as much um jake how about you man how are you feeling about finally getting back to the pac-12 not excited at all yeah you're a liar <laughs> i'm absolutely lying uh kayla said it perfectly actually um having a vested interest in a team um the nfl only goes so far with me um in my blood i bleed purple i'm a huge huskies fan obviously we do a huskies podcast it's what I look forward to every year, man. As soon as race season's over, I get the Huskies. And it's kind of been lacking. So here we are. We've made it. Um, let's move on to this year and, and let's have some fun with it. Awesome. And, you know, we're going to start the Pac-12 season with a brand new time slot. We have Arizona State going to Southern California, and it's a 9 o'clock a.m. kick. It's the first time the Pac-12 in – ever has been that early. Uh, and then again, it's Arizona State USC. This could be uh, a really big game to see who's set up in the driver's seat to be the South champion. So Jake, what do you got on this game? Yeah, uh, USC comes into the season ranked. Um, spoiler alert, I think that they're ranked prematurely again for like the fourth year in a row. Uh, Clay Helton has <laughs> not done anything to approve, did I say Clay? It's yeah. Clay, it's not Todd. I always get Todd and Clay mixed up every time. I don't think Clay Helms ever, yeah, he's never proved any reason to have USC be ranked. Um, and something's in the Kool-Aid down in Arizona State, man. He's got them going. They got, they lost a lot of offense this year. They're starting uh, uh, freshman running back. They have Jaden Daniels coming as quarterback, I think that they're poised to win this game. I, I think USC kind of is what the same thing that they were last year. They just started the season too high rank, and I think this is the perfect opportunity with Arizona State bringing in all that young freshman talent to scoop this game away from them. Yeah, and so, uh, Kayla, what is your thoughts on this? ASU, I have been so high on Jaden Daniels since he was coming in as a freshman. ASU tends to start slow with the season, but I have ASU by three and for that reason alone that they do start, but they're ultra aggressive and return a ton of experience, talent, very huge sleeper. And this game, I'm calling it, will decide who represents the Pac-12 South. I, I tend to agree with you on that too. as well. Yep. 
Um, I think the emergence of Frank Darby on the outside is going to be big. Arizona yep. State always has one really, really good wide receiver, uh, and Darby's going to fill that role. Their defense is back, and uh, that Graham Harrell offense, Jake and I have talked about it before. It's hey, it's a little too gimmicky for the amount of talent that SC has. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a proven commodity in Herm Edwards over Clay Helton every time. I well, also have not, it about a three to six point game. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Clay Helton, the, the, those USC led teams struggle with a pro style offense. And, and, you know, they do relatively good against the spread offense and the, the, the raid um, Washington, you know, beat them last year with that pro style offense. They ended up beating Utah. I think that game was kind of a fluke. Um, but Arizona State gave them fits last year, and I think that this team is more talented than they were last year. So I think Arizona State's probably going to win by, I'm going to say, seven. I mean, USC also lost some offensive linemen, some def key defensive players yeah. opting out of COVID. So I think that's something to even take into consideration, too, with those, those key ones that they had to replace in those few weeks of fall camp. Yeah. That's a great point. And, you know, thinking back to that Washington-USC game, the guys who stuck out on defense for SC were those two guys um, yeah. the, in the interior of that defensive line. Uh, moving on, the other team that a lot of people have picked to be in that top three mix for the South is the University of Utah. Of course, they were senior-laden last year. They had a lot of really good pieces on defense and offense. There's a lot, um, there's a lot of question marks around this team but they open up with Arizona coming to Rice-Eccles. Of course, there's not going to be fans there, but it's still a home game. Kayla, what do you think about this game? It, Like you mentioned, replacing starting quarterbacks is difficult and a transition that takes more than just a couple weeks of training. But Utah only returns nine starters, two starters on defense, which is the backbone of the Utes mm -hmm. program. So I'm expecting a large drop off this season. Arizona returns 14 starters. Again, take that with a grain of salt based on how well Arizona was last year. But they lost their star quarterback with Khalil Tate. And the Wildcat offense, who struggled last season against Utah, only had 61 rushing yards and 135 passing yards. So Arizona, being the only Pac-12 conference to not have any players drafted, their head coach, Kevin Sumlin, is on the hot seat. I think they come in with a little bit of fire because of that reason. I would expect a closer game than in recent years, just as Utah opens as a 14-point favorite. But I don't expect anything different in terms of Utah just taking over. Arizona and their Wildcats. Yeah, I see a heavy dose of uh, Devin Brumfield in this game. I, I think, you know, starting a new quarterback for Utah is going to be a challenge, but I think they're going to lean on their running game quite a bit. I'm, I'm going to pick them to win by 10. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you guys. I think that Utah, it's definitely going to be a wait and see. They've had a couple of really their best recruiting classes since being in the Pac-12. And I think that that talent is going to rise to the top. Uh, I guess the only argument for Arizona is Kevin Sumlin finally has his guy under center, Grant Gunnell. Um, but man, it seems like that that whole program has been doomed from the start after the weird departure of Rich Rodriguez and Kevin Sumlin. 
uh, really outside of those Manziel years, hasn't really done a ton of, hasn't experienced a ton of success in the SEC and it hasn't translated well for the Pac-12. It's a 14 point, uh, Utah's a 14 point favorite. That's a lot of points to get to, but you know, Arizona's defense might still be that bad. So uh, I'm going to go with about a 14 point win. Yeah, I would definitely say 17 just because I will be 100% honest and think that Arizona wasted Khalil Tate. So if that is what they did with Khalil Tate, I'm terrified to see. I mean, also kind of excited because Washington plays Arizona at home. So, (laughs) you know, it's, I think 17 would be about, you know, Utah winning by. Right. And, you know, uh, having Arizona come to Washington, I think is, uh, Washington's fans best case scenario for um, having that crossover game because you don't want to go to Arizona no matter if there's fans or not Washington hates that state uh, they're struggling and it, by that point in the season when they come Kevin Sumlin's seat might be scorching yeah moving on down we have another uh, coach that came in around the same time as Sumlin and Chip Kelly. And with all the buzz that was around him when he came to Hollywood, man, it is just really having a hard time getting started. I've been burned on them. They've been my Cinderella a couple years in a row that I thought they were going to break through. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, they're headed to Colorado where um, of course uh, Mel Tucker leaving after one year and um so we'll see how that goes. We have UCLA favored by six and a half. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, uh, you know, we just talked about Sumlin being on the hot seat, but uh, Chip Kelly really hasn't done it for UCLA. I'm sure there's high expectations as soon as he got in the door there. It hasn't really panned out. He's had his guy at quarterback. Um, this is his third year playing for UCLA. He started as a true freshman. Um, Dorian Thompson or Robinson, I think he's going to – I think UCLA has to win this game because I think if they don't, Chip, Chip Kelly's seat is actually going to get hot, just like someone's seat is right now. Um, right now, I don't think it's, it's – I think it's warm, but I think if they go out there and lose to Colorado, who just went through a coaching change and has a shortened offseason to boot, if they go out and, and lose and drop a game against Colorado, that's going to really hurt. So – I think you're going you're gonna to see DTR really shine the best that he's shown since he's been at UCLA. And I think Demetri uh, Felton is going to have a uh, – he's probably going to have 40 carries. I would be my thought. They're going to run the heck out of him, and they're going to run the score up, and you're going to see UCLA win by 21. Kayla, what do you think? I mean, for starters, I have to put on Jake's shirt, speaking of Chip Kelly and how Chip Kelly is so outdated. Like that combo uniform that Oregon wears, but that same color. So <laughs> you set me up for that one. I had to, but Trevor, Trevor, let me see that ring, Trevor. Oh, let me see your oh ring. I, I, I'm not wearing it. <laughs> That's because he's ashamed to be married to an Oregon guy. <laughs> okay, I'm Switzerland right now. I have no part of that conversation. <laughs> but only. 20 touchdowns in 43 red zone trips with a veteran quarterback in 2019 with Colorado. They've lost him. Montez is gone. I will take UCLA by 10 easily. I don't think it's going to be as much as what you were saying, Jake, but it's going to be probably the easiest game Chip Kelly has all season. Yeah. And you know, honestly, for these two programs, this could be a fight to get, um, you know, 
would you put, I put both of these teams odds uh, if I was Vegas at about one and a half wins a piece. So uh, this game is going to go a long ways in getting that one. Um, I think these are probably, I mean, the bottom of the South is brutal uh, with Arizona uh, UCLA and Colorado. So uh, they're their own conference. They really are. And it's, we call it the deep South because it's a lot closer to uh, uh, the center of the center of the earth than it is uh, competing for a South championship. So um, this is two teams that are uh, in very different spots, but at the same time, both in really bad situations, Chip Kelly in year three, uh, the once, you know, I, we had on an expert from UCLA and he talked about how uh, Chip Kelly at Oregon was innovative and fast. And here he's, he's going, it's like a molasses speed and it's just not working out. So uh, all that being said, Colorado's in worse shape and I'm going to take uh, UCLA about a seven point victory. Um, moving on, we have the Cougs headed to Oregon State. And um, both of these teams uh, were right around the same situation last year, right? We had Oregon State uh, finish five and seven because of a last second loss to, to Washington State and Washington State finishing six and six and then seeing their head coach, Mike Leach, leave. Um, Oregon State, I think, is on the upswing. Washington State is definitely on the downswing as they uh, remake their um, roster and program around Nick Rolovich. Um, it's not the air raid. It's the run and shoot. It's different. Max Borgie will be more involved, but I still think with um, Washington State starting a, a true freshman for the first time in their program's history in Jaden Delara, uh, they're going to really struggle. And Oregon State, their defense was not great last year, they return a ton and they have one of the best linebackers in the conference. And that is Hamilcar Rashid. And he is, he can get to the passer. He's a good in open field tackling. I think because of that Oregon state is going to win this game and start to project themselves more towards the top end of the conference instead of the bottom. Uh, Jake, how about you? You know, we talked about Justin Wilcox last year uh, or last week about how he's a defensive-minded coach um, and he's always going to have a good defense. Jonathan Smith is the exact opposite of that. He came from the offensive side. I think he's going to have a really good offense this year. You mentioned that they're returning uh, defensive starters. Um, I, they're still going to be okay. I don't think that you're going to see them take the strides that Oregon State fans want them to, to take, but I think they're going to be sufficient enough to win them a couple of games this year. I don't think that you're going to see them compete for the North title, but I do think that you're going to see them put up quite a bit of points. Um, they're going to rely heavily on Jam Jamar Jefferson, the running back. Uh, he's going to see a lot of the rock, and I think you're going to see Oregon State come out with a win on this one, but I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think they'll probably win by four. Well, and Vegas has it right at a one-and-a-half-point spread yeah, favoring the Beavs. Yeah, it's going to be a close game. Mm -hmm. Kayla, how about you? Kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying, you know, replacing your starting quarterback with Jake Lutton and then your receiver who got you all the yardage with Isaiah Hodgins. It's going to be hard to rebuild that. But like you were saying, Jake, he's an offensive-minded coach. And when – 
going back to from Edwards, he worked with ESPN and they were kind of saying, you know, it takes a few years to get your culture, your kids into the program and to really get something moving. Jonathan Smith is now getting that going. He has gotten a lot from the transfer portal. And I think that's something that he's being innovative, how we saw Chip Kelly with the Air Raid doing, is that he's innovative in really, really, really utilizing that transfer portal. And so I don't really think that they're going to slip too much after losing those big kids like you were mentioning. Washington State, they have too much turnover for me to fully, all by a side, too much to bet on, head coach, quarterback, offensive coordinator, you name it. Basically, the only way to worry about Wide is, receiver, Tay Martin's exactly. gone. Exactly. The only person to really worry about is Max Borgie. And so if they are doing their homework and studying their film, I think Oregon State wins by seven. Yeah, and uh, I think that, I mean, obviously Vegas pretty much has this as a pick and we're both taking um, Oregon State and the points, really. Uh, and then, of course, the final game, the one that we're all waiting for, the one we're going to stay up to watch, we got Washington headed to Berkeley to play Cal. This opened as like a six-point Washington favorite, and Vegas has changed, and now it has Cal at, my, at one and a, uh, favored by one and a half. So it's, you know, it's basically a pick em. So, uh, Caleb, uh, what do you think about this game? Kind of like you were saying, it is a pick em. It's not a cakewalk for either team, as these, the last two games were decided by a combined of three points. Two last year, one the year before. Cal returns their stud quarterback with Chase Garbers, you know, brother to UW's quarterback, Ethan Garbers, and running back along with eight of their defensive starters, 10 offensive starters. While UW had lost so many, not just from the draft, but COVID as well. Three of their top playmakers, Eason, Ahmed, Hunter Bryant, they're all gone. Golden Bears are 7-0 and when Garbers started and finished a game, which is an outstanding statistic. But Cal was only 1-5 and when Chase Garbers didn't get to finish or start a whole game. So UW will be working out a new head coach, quarterback, offensive coordinator, et cetera, kind of like Washington State, like we were mentioning in this tough, tough matchup. But last season, I think this is a big number, is Cal was 0-4 at home when they were favorites. UW was never a underdog going onto the road, so they were 0-0 on the season. But even that little bit of confidence, along with losing in the last seven seconds to Cal due to a field goal, could be enough to motivate the dogs to come out swinging, really win. It's going to be a bloodbath with two very defensive-minded like coaches, Justin Wilcox being a former defensive coordinator at Washington from 2012-2014, if I remember those years correctly. But we'll see which one really, really wants it. Neither one's going to wave the right flag. Wave the white flag first. Jake, how about you? Kayla just took all my points. Uh, I got nothing left. <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, I think Kayla's right. I think it's going to be a, a bloodbath. It's going to be a defensive game. It we talked about it on our podcast prior to this to this episode. My biggest fear is that we don't contain Garbers in the pocket. Right? I think our corners are good enough to cover their wide receivers. All I worry about is if we put a spy on Garbers, a, a middle linebacker, whether that's Sermon or whether that's I wouldn't imagine that they're going to put. Um, help me out here. Somebody. Ethan and Ulufusio, sorry. Um, they're not going to put Ulufusio as a spy just because he's their tackle getter. Um, 
but I would like to see Jackson Sermon just follow Garbers around and just make sure that he doesn't escape the pocket and just crush them for 20-yard gains down the field all night long. Um, and if they do that, they will win. And I'm predicting them to win by six. Yeah. And, you know, again, we've talked about this. And I think an X factor that um, is listed on the two deeps right now, he's a second stringer, is a guy like MJ Tafisi, who would be mm-hmm. a really, really good spy on somebody like Garbers because of how much speed he brings. Um, he's great at getting between the tackles and getting to the quarterback. Uh, and he can outrun Chase Garbers to the sideline. I think that's going to be huge because we already know their receivers at Cal are not. Um, the caliber of receivers that are going to be able to get a ton of separation against, in my opinion, one of the best secondaries in the nation. Um, When it comes to their offensive line as well, they're all back. But again, this Husky defensive line is really, really athletic. uh, And stars aren't everything, but Cal's offensive line has always underperformed under Wilcox. And I think uh, Washington's defensive line will be able to take advantage of that. On the offensive side, there's just way too much star power waiting to be unleashed on the uh, receive in the receiving room. I think that the receivers, with Cal losing so many to the um, to draft and then even uh, COVID reasons, there's going to be places where whoever the starting quarterback is will have open guys to throw to. And with that, I think Washington wins by about a touchdown. See, I'm a little bit more conservative in terms of what Washington wins by. I'm still picking Washington, but only by two. Just because, kind of how you were saying, the receivers aren't that great. But I think that's where Savelle Smalls will be a huge game changer. Because he can rush. He can stop Chase Garbers, who has proven time and time again. He got a huge fourth down conversion for the Golden Bears last season with his legs alone that he can easily pick them up. So smalls can play back he can play up it doesn't really matter and so i think having that depth chart is a little bit misleading because they are so consistent especially with the young talent that we have coming back that washington has coming back that you never cal will never know what set of players they're going to get on the field at once and i think with that alone along with the new transition with Washington, it's going to be a little bit closer than I think some people might think. Unfortunately, because I'm my blood pressure, my heart rate's not ready for that. You know what? I don't think anybody's is. We've been waiting for way too long to see this Husky team play under Jimmy Lake. Uh, for more content, go to si.com slash college slash Washington. Pick along with us. Tell us how smart we are and how, how dumb we are. Let us know if you beat us against the spread or whatever. Um, subscribe to us. I'm Trevor Mueller. She's Kayla Olin. He's Jake Grant. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.